You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. Hey, Trip here on the How to Talk to Girls podcast. A big welcome to you. If you're just joining us for the first time, this is a podcast dedicated to helping men achieve their goals in terms of meeting and attracting the women of their choice. So if that's something that you want to do, you're in the right place. Welcome. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe and leave a nice review. I really enjoy reading those. And yes, I do read every single one. In fact, here's the most recent one from Ian Hennig. He says, I ran across Tripp's YouTube videos almost a year ago and watched a few of them and began to start placing it into my usual life, interacting and talking to women. Tripp's YouTube page is an excellent way to find information about matters pertaining to ladies, but his podcast is truly where Tripp's advice shines. Tripp releases a very good amount of podcasts in a short amount of time, allowing you to get as much information that you need to start you going out and getting the woman of your choice to go out on a date with you, or even more if you do so, please. And uh, Ian, I really appreciate that. Thanks so much for being a listener. Thanks for writing an excellent review. I appreciate that. So moving along, today we are going to be interviewing a good friend of mine. His name is James Swanwick. And James, this guy he knows everyone. This guy is like the master connector. He's amazing at socializing and networking. And he even has a podcast himself, which is very, very popular in iTunes called The James Swanwick Show. So you should go and check that out. In fact, he interviewed me, I think it was about last year, and uh, we have an episode on there as well. So go check out his podcast after you're done listening to this. You can also check him out at jameswanwick.com. James was an ESPN sports anchor in Australia. He's interviewed uh, celebrities like, I think, Jennifer Aniston, Angelina Jolie, which he's going to be talking about actually on this podcast, how he interviewed Angelina Jolie and got her to really open up to him when he wasn't supposed to. So you're going to hear that story. And James is, uh, he's basically a mentor to a lot of guys as well. You know, he helps them become more successful in life and get over their fears. We're going to talk about that today as well, how he got over his fears in terms of going up to people that were high status celebrities, as well as beautiful girls. He has an amazing story called the Margot Robbie incident. If you don't know who that is, she's the hottie from Wolf of Wall Street. So he's going to talk about that today. And we're also just going to go over some really good tips for you on terms of exactly what to say either to a girl or to someone that you're networking with or someone that you want to connect with and what to say to them so that they open up to you, so that they become interested in you and some tips on what to say so you become the most interesting person in the room. So we're going to get to that in just a second. And also, I have a free gift for you, tripadvice.com slash podcast dash gift. And that is a gift for my podcast listeners. So go to that URL, tripadvice.com slash podcast Dash gift, and what you're going to find there is a little little opt-in box. You put your email in there, and you're going to receive in your email what's going to be a video of one of my students approaching 
two hot girls on the street and I I filmed it and I give you a full breakdown of what he's doing right and what he's doing wrong. But the best part about it is most of it is what he's doing right. So if you're an avid listener of the podcast and you haven't got that yet, trust me, you're missing out. So go check that out, tripadvice.com slash podcast dash gift. Okay, without further ado, my main man, James Swanwick. Hey, James, what's going on, man? Trip, I'm doing great, brother. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. I feel like we have a laundry list of things to discuss. You and I, we always run into each other at different events, and I've always been excited to finally get you on the podcast. I know you had me on your podcast. I think that was like early last year or mid last year. Yeah, mid 2014. Yeah, you were a big hit. Actually, it was one of the, mo- the most downloadable episodes I had because you're talking about women and guys love to talk about women. Trip, <laughs> dude. Guys love to talk about women and they love to talk to women, and that's why I want to talk to you about talking to women. So let's start off with, you know, I mean. You're like really connected. You're every time, you know, I see you, it's at some big event. You you always run into each other. Uh, You got a a podcast called it's a James Swanwick show, right? Yeah, the James Swanwick show. Yeah, And that's like filled with so many cool people. So let's talk about that. How do you connect with so many awesome people? How do you do some of the uh, the great networking stuff you do. I feel like you just know everybody. And I think the guys who are listening to this right now can learn a thing or two about what it takes to be a good networker, a good socializer, because that's going to help them get more girls in the long run. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So just before I give you a few tips, it is important to to remind ourselves why we want to be a well-connected person, why we want to be a good networker, why we want to be a good connector. And as it relates to women, because you know, obviously we're on the How to Talk to Girls podcast, you want to be seen by women to be a man about town, to be connected to people, to know a lot of people, to be able to be confident enough to open a conversation with a stranger. Women are attracted to confidence and women are attracted to power and women are attracted to, you know, put those things together, a confident, powerful man. And if you are good with people, you have people skills and you can network and you know a lot of people, that's very attractive to a woman. Women see that and they're like, yeah, this is a man I want to be around. So, um, you know, I would say I was a good networker for many years, but I read a book in 2010 called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, and it really changed my whole idea on connecting with people. I initially would be friends with people thinking, oh, how can this person help me? And when I did that, sure, I made a lot of friends and, you know, made some good contacts, but I never really got much out of it. When I flipped it on its head and I thought, how can I help this person? All of my relationships change. So from, from now, when I meet people for the first time, I'm immediately thinking, how can I be of service to this person? How can I help this person? Who can I connect this person to? And when you do that, the person appreciates it. They remember you. They start inviting you places. They start connecting you to other people. And before you know it, you're a, a man about town. You're popular. You're friendly. People reach out to you. People invite you on their podcast like you're inviting me on, on, on your podcast now. So it really does start with when you meet people, think about how you can help them rather than how they can help you. And when you do that, you will very quickly grow 
a pretty big, deep social circle. So what's one of the ways that you go about trying to find out what someone needs or how you can help them? You know, I I feel like that's, that could be a challenge. I mean, sometimes, I mean, you could just be upfront and really ask the person, you know, so what do you need help with? Where are you struggling? Or maybe that is the way to do it. How do you find out how you can help somebody? Yeah, I mean, you just ask, really. I mean, a couple of introductory questions might start with, hey, what are you passionate about right now? What's going on in your life right now? The standard question that people ask, which I find incredibly dull, boring, and and uninteresting is, what do you do? Like, who cares? Like, I mean, I know, not who cares, but like, that's a bad question. A better question is, what are you passionate about right now? What are you into? What's going on with you? Tell me about yourself. That's a great question because then the person is going to share with you what they are actually passionate about. And then based on their answer, you can be starting to formulate a plan in your mind. Right, who do I know in the industry of what this person's passionate about? Who can I connect them to? Another good question is, uh, what, what are some of the challenges that you're having right now? What are you struggling with right now? And then the person says, oh, you know, I'm really struggling. I don't know how to connect with someone in this particular field or I can't find good people to hire at the moment or blah, blah, blah. And then you're thinking, you're gathering data, you're gathering intelligence, kind of like Inspector Clouseau about this person. And the whole time you're listening intently, you're genuinely interested in what the person is saying, but you're formulating a plan in your mind like how can I help this person? And the best way to help someone is just to connect them to someone else who can help or to give them a little bit of advice if you have it or to suggest something for them. So again, asking great questions other than what do you do? Asking a good question is what are you passionate about? What's a challenge that you have right now? What kind of, what do you actually need right now in order to, you know, propel yourself forward? And then based on their answer, figure out a way to help them. Right. I I feel like that's a really good question too, to ask a girl. I always say to guys, you know, when you're talking to a girl, yeah, don't ask, what do you do? Ask, what are you passionate about? But you phrase it in a really cool way, or maybe it's your accent. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but what, what is the exact phrase you're saying? What is it that you're passionate about right now? Yeah. So I, I, I just, just say, let's do a scenario, right? I'm at a party, I'm at a dinner party or something, and, and I'm introduced or I introduce myself. And let's say I'm talking to someone called John and I don't know John. And I say, oh, hey, John, I'm James. How are you doing? Nice to meet you. Oh, I'm great, James. How are you? I'm doing great, mate. What's your story, John? That's a good first question. What's your story? Because I'm not saying, what do you do? I'm saying, what's your story? Now, when you ask that question, the person can say anything. Maybe they'll talk about what they do for a living, but maybe just maybe they'll say, well, you know, I'm um, just living here in the States. I'm from overseas. I came here a few years ago. I love this country. Um, And, um, you know, I'm building a product at the moment or I'm really into yoga and health at the moment or whatever. They'll tell you all these kind of interesting things. That's a good first question. Then from there, you display a genuine interest in that person and ask a follow-up question like, oh, really? That's amazing. So are you really passionate about that? Like how did you get into that? Why are you so passionate about that? That's that's good. That's another great question, okay? Now, the recipient of this question is, is thinking to himself or herself, wow, this guy's cool. He's asking, he's taking a genuine interest in me and he's asking me to elaborate. And I'll tell you what's a great comment rather than a question after that is, wow, you're really interesting. Tell me more. Just three little words, tell me more. 
Well, tell me everything about that. The other person's like, oh, wow, this guy's genuinely interested. Now, by the way, you have to be genuinely interested. If the guy's boring you to tears and it's, you know, like, um, and he's talking about computer data entry and you have no interest in computer data entry, right? And that's a boring topic for you. It's your job and your responsibility to find what is interesting about that about computer data entry. Now, it might not be computer data entry, but it might be why it's interesting to him, and that's interesting. Maybe a good question might be, "Wow, it sounds like you've had to really, you know, have you have you had to struggle to get this job? It's obviously what you're passionate about. Like, what what struggles did you go through in order to be able to get this career in computer data entry?" And then the person's able to talk about the pit story, you know, being in the pit and climbing their way out. You know, maybe they tell a story about, oh, my parents didn't want me to do it and they're putting a lot of pressure on me, but I decided to push through anyway and I borrowed some money and I got managed to put it towards a degree and now I'm doing this and I absolutely love it. That's interesting. Right. So right. now it doesn't matter that computer data entry has got no interest to you. What's interesting is his struggle to be able to achieve his dream. You see what I mean? So stop asking questions like what do you do and start asking questions like the journey towards what you do or what you, why you love it or why you dislike it even or what struggles you went through. That's interesting conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I like to take it even a step further. You know, personally, what helps me get interested in what people do because, you know, there's times where I have conversations with someone and yeah, they're just they're doing something that's not really interesting to me personally. So I'm trying to find the interesting part of it. And what I like to do is figure out how what they do affects the world. I won't necessarily phrase it because that's a weird question. Like, how does this affect the world? But I'll, I'll dive really deep into understanding like, okay, computer data, like for what? Like, what are you doing computer data for? Okay, cool. And what does that company do and how do they fit in? So it's almost as like I'm doing this, uh, for lack of a better word, interrogation, just to really understand what they're doing and, and, the, and how it connects to the bigger part of society. Because for me, that's always really interesting to hear how everything connects. Because I just, I don't know, maybe I have this you know, thing about trying to understand the world better and, and how things work and how things get made and how things get put together. So if anyone's listening right now that kind of connects to that idea, that's a good way to try to find out what's interesting about what someone does. And I like that, James. That's good. What's your story? Because that gives them the opportunity to really say to you what they are passionate about. They're only going to want to talk to you about what they want to talk about. And, right. and by saying what's your story, you're giving them that opportunity to do that. Absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you this. People's favorite topic is themselves. Like your trip, there is not one other person in the world who's more important than you. Like you think about you more than anyone else thinks about you every day. And I think about me more than I think about anyone else every day, right? Like that's what we think about. Like I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I need to make more money, uh, I'm fit, I'm, uh, in, I like standing in the sun, uh, I like to exercise. Like we're thinking about ourselves all the time. So when you encourage someone else, to tell you their story and to open up about their thoughts and their feelings and their career and their passions and their struggles, that person is just like falling in love with you, not necessarily on a romantic level, although that can happen, 
but that person's kind of like being captivated by you. You become the most interesting person in the room because you are interested in the other person. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. I love how that works. You know, that's just like so funny to be, because I've realized that myself is like, yeah, to be interesting, you got to be interested. It's just, it's, you know, it's not about necessarily what you do, although you do have to describe what you do in a very interesting way as best possible. But when you just show, it's like, it's just such human nature. Like when you feel cared for, when you feel loved, you start to uh, create that connection with the person that's giving that to you. And on that deep level, when you're saying what's your story and asking them about them, that's what you're giving them. You're giving them this kind of care, this love, this almost support, this understanding, this open-mindedness, which I think is very important too, you know, being very non-judgmental when someone tells you what they do, unless it's something that, I don't know, extremely harming other people. But let's be honest, that doesn't usually happen. But it's that it's that support and care that people on a deep level really want, and that helps connect to people. And again, that's something that if you're listening right now, you can use that with a girl. I mean, that's you can use those exact strategies with the girl. Obviously, like James said, you want to be genuinely interested, which I'm assuming you are if you're talking to a girl that you want to talk to. But that's the point right there. If you're genuinely interested, they can tell. And that's going to make that connection happen that much faster. I'll, I'll tell you another thing when it comes to, as we're talking about women, when you're talking to a woman, okay, um, another great topic to, to get them to open up about is feelings, okay? Now, no, I don't mean like let's talk about the feelings between you and me in a romantic sense when you're talking to a girl. I mean get them talking about feelings. I'll give you an example of when I did this. I did it with, uh, with Angelina Jolie. So I used to interview movie stars um, from 2003 through 2010 in Los Angeles. I was a Hollywood correspondent. I would interview movie stars and I would um, my interviews would appear on TV shows back in Australia or in magazines or newspapers over in England and around the world. And I interviewed Angelina Jolie uh, for a film called Changeling. Uh, and in that movie, she plays a character whose son is kidnapped or not kidnapped, goes missing, I should say. And the movie's about her trying to, you know, find out what happened to her to her missing son. And I remember I was in the Four Seasons Hotel on Dahini Drive in Beverly Hills up on the top floor and at the movie junket. The movie studio, you know, made her available to me to be able to interview her. And the publicist for the movie studio said, James, no personal questions. You're not allowed to ask Miss Jolie anything about um, her kids, uh, anything about her, fa her family life or etc. right? Just about the movie. And I'm thinking to myself, none of my readers or none of my viewers give two dams about the movie. All they really want to know is like Angelina Jolie and her kid Maddox and, you know, the beauty regime and her exercise regime and who she's dating and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, how am I going to get Angelina Jolie, one of the most beautiful women in the world, one of the most famous women in the world to open up, to connect to me in a way and do it without the publicist, you know, coming down on me you know, because I'm asking personal questions. So this is what I did. She walked in, I sat down, I said, hi, Angelina. She said, hi, James. And I said, Angelina, in the movie Changeling, you, you play a character whose son goes missing, a horrific event in any mother's life. You yourself are a mother, Angelina. How would you feel under those same circumstances? What would you do? If God forbid one of your children was taken or went missing. 
And then I just sat back and shut up. And for 10 minutes, Angelina Jolie started talking about, oh, about her, her, about her children, about Maddox, about how she, um, she's got security guards, about um, the morning and evening routines of her and her children. I mean, she started opening up about her personal life in a way that had never been reported in any magazine or newspaper or TV show before then, because before then she never said anything about her family. But just by asking one question and, uh, and encouraging her to talk about how she would feel she opened up to me and gave me amazing quotes about her family and how she cares for her family and 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 all of these amazing quotes which ended up being published in magazines and newspapers all around all around the world and that was the, one of the first times that she really opened up so again all i did was uh, was encourage her to speak about her feelings about how she feels and women love to talk about their feelings just like angelina jolie did and because of that, I made a great connection with her and her quotes were read all around the world. Yeah. So you basically, <laughs> I love the way you did that. You're just like, all right, I'm not going to ask any personal questions. And then you just kind of did a little bit of a, uh, a turnaround with talking yeah. about how the movie that she has relates to her feelings. I feel like when a guy is talking to a girl and wants to get her attracted, you can kind of do the same thing. You know, you can talk about, you know, the normal things about what do you do, where you're from, those things naturally will come up, but try to connect those to the feelings, right? Try to connect it to how she feels or the why. Yeah. Another, a couple other great questions are, you know, after you've asked, you know, what she's passionate about, um, you can just say, you know, what's been your most euphoric moment uh, along your journey and what's been your lowest moment like and and how did you feel when that awful thing happened and then how did you dig yourself out of that situation and how did you feel when you did dig yourself out when you how did it feel when you reached the pinnacle how did it feel when you accomplished your goal like what did you actually what what's going what was going on in your mind what did you actually feel in your mind and in your body when you achieved that right that goal and i'm telling you the woman will just go on and on and on and 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 she when she tells the story she connects to the feeling when she's when she's retelling when she's telling a story about a feeling she had in the past she cannot help but feel that same feeling can I just give you a quick example, Trip? I'll, I'll tell you. And, and by the way, this builds attraction between a man and a woman. I remember I was at the Laurel Hardware Restaurant Bar on Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood uh, last October, October 2014. And I went there on a Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock to read a book. There were only about 10 or 15 people in the bar. I sat up on a stool and there was a very pretty bar girl and uh, I started reading my book and she asked me about my book and I told her about it and we struck up a conversation. And I asked her, you know, what was the, the best trip overseas that you've taken? Because we were starting to talk about overseas trips and she said, oh, it was the day that I went to Paris for one day. I got on the, the Eurostar from London, I went to Paris and I walked around Paris by myself and spent a whole day in Paris. And I said, really? Why was it so special? Tell me about it. And for five minutes, she talked about how she got up in Paris. It was a beautiful sunny day. She walked under the Arc de Triomphe. She went up the Eiffel Tower. She sat down. She ordered a traditional French meal. She saw the people walking their dogs. She wrote, herself, wrote in her diary as she watched the Paris people walk. And she said it was the only day that she could remember that she'd spent the entire day alone 
by herself in her thoughts and it was absolute bliss and she loved it. And as she's telling me this story trip, I'm looking at her and she all of a sudden went from someone who was quite cute and quite pretty to I'm looking at her going, damn, that woman's beautiful because she was telling the story with such passion, with so much feeling. And I realized in that moment as she was telling me there was a connection being made. I was feeling her passion for telling the story. She was feeling my interest and so she was feeling passion and guess what happened? Ultimately, I went out with her. I took her out on, on a few dates and we ended up, you know, making out, holding hands, talking about feelings. Um, it didn't work out in the long run, but we, you know, we're still friendly. I see her. Uh, I still pop in and say hello to her. And that connection was made because I got her to talk about her feelings. And because she talked about her feelings, that, that romantic connection was made. Right. You know, I think you also sparked something. In that too, as I'm listening to you, follow me here. I'm going to get a little meta for a second. But the way you just described that story, like that is how I want the guy who's listening to tell a story. The way you just said that, you you made me actually, I mean, I, I do know Laurel Hardware. I know that place. So like I, it was easy for me to kind of be inside there. But you really described it so well. The, you were so specific in that story. You said it was about, you know, last year, 2014, October, Sunday afternoon, there was 10 to 15 people there. I was at the bar. I was holding a book. You really made that picture just the same exact way that she told you about her day to Paris and all the little details that happened on that day. So that's something also that that whoever's listening can take away from that is when you tell your story and you go into such specific detail, you're going to get the other person really intrigued by what's going on in your life. The same exact way that you were like, whoa, this girl's beautiful. That happened when you heard her tell the details and then see her face light up on how excited she got about, you know, like recapturing that moment that she had. So I just think that's really cool that you can do that yourself and also get that out of the person that you're talking to. And then it's just two people having this amazing conversation with very specific details and emotions and feelings, which can really uh, make that connection just so much faster. Yeah, absolutely. Be a good storyteller and being like, like for 10,000 years of human beings and evolution, you know, stories is what has, what has captivated us. From sitting around a fire back when we were caveman telling stories to today when we watch soap operas or movies, we love stories. So be a good storyteller. And the way to be a good storyteller is in those intricate details, such as it was a Sunday afternoon, it was four o'clock, I was reading a book, she had brown hair. Those little details which create a vision in someone's head, that is really powerful stuff. And again, that will incre- being a good storyteller will increase your attraction level from her, well, for, for her rather, well, actually the other way around. She will actually look at you and go, wow, this is an interesting man. I'm picturing exactly what he's telling me. I understand it and I'm captivated by it. It becomes seductive being a good storyteller. And by stories, I don't mean make stuff up. I mean... Just tell your story, share your story, but include those fine details. And what happens when you give those details that I've noticed, you know, whenever I'm talking to someone is, yeah, you're seducing them in such a way that you're bringing them to the present moment. So if you give more details, they're more likely to pay attention to you. And when they're paying attention to you, they're with you. 
They're not thinking about what they have to do later that night. They're not thinking about the text message they just got on their phone. They're zoom. They're zoomed in and zoned in on exactly what you're saying, and you're like entrancing them, right, with your stories and the details is what helped that. And I also I want to go into James. We were talking about before that you know you've had some fear in the past in terms of being able to go up to uh, the people that you want to meet or the beautiful women that you want to talk to. And it takes a lot of courage to be able to do high-level networking and, and talking to girls that you find attractive. Before we wrap up this podcast, I want to hear some of your best tips or stories in terms of how you've dealt with some of that fear because you put yourself in a lot of you know, tight situations and, and big situations with people like, I mean, Angelina Jolie, how many people get the chance to talk to someone that high level? So how do you deal with that fear? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll, tell, I'll give you an example of when I overcame my fear and I went up and I spoke to a woman and ended up having a relationship with her. And then I'll give you an ex- a recent example, actually, where the fear overtook me and I did not take action and, and I still regret it. It's awful. <laughs> I'll tell you that story. So, um, Listen, first of all, if you see a pretty girl in the street or a pretty girl in a bar or wherever you are, um, what most guys will do is we'll then go back and forth and have this inner dialogue in our brain of should I go talk to her? Should I not go talk to her? What should I say? What should I not say? She's probably got a boyfriend because she's so beautiful and so hot. I shouldn't go up and waste my time. Oh, she's got two of her girlfriends around. It'll be really weird if I go go up there. Uh, she's probably waiting for some some other guy. Uh, what if the guy comes back and he says, "Get away from my girlfriend"? Uh, I don't have enough money to buy her drinks. What am I? You know what I mean? It's just this endless parade of inner dialogue. And what happens is, the longer that you do that, the less likely you are to go and approach. To the point where five, ten minutes later, you're actually satisfied with yourself for not taking action. Go, yep. All things considered, that was probably the right thing not to approach her. And then what happens? You go home and you're like, you know, you wake up and nothing's happened. What I do or what I learned to do was really um, a couple things. One of them was uh, uh, establishing that uh, I don't have to impress her, okay, when I go up to talk to her. I'm just going up to see, to give her the opportunity to see if she and I might be compatible together. I don't have to impress her. I don't have to be funny, although I am probably funny. I'm not auditioning for the role of being a potential lover of hers. I'm just going up to see if she's worthy of me or if we're worthy of one another. That's the first thing. Second thing is the three-second rule, one, two, three, go. Don't think, get out of your head, three, two, one, go, approach. Even if you don't know what you're going to say, just do it. Get out of your head and go, 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 go. Because as soon as you get in your head, you start talking yourself out of it, right, Trip? Exactly. I mean, as soon as you are thinking about what's going to happen, you spiral into this crazy whirlwind of thoughts. And by the time that you've tried to convince yourself to go and talk to her, she's probably gone. And then you make some excuse of, well, she's gone now. I can't go over and talk to her. So I was at the I was at the uh, Sundance Film Festival about four or five years ago, um, and I saw a very attractive woman in an Irish bar that I was in on this day. It was actually the uh, AFC championship game, NFL, on a Sunday. Arizona Cardinals were playing. And I saw this woman, and in my head I was like, oh, my God, that woman's beautiful. And I saw Terrell Owens, who's a former NFL player over there, and talking to her, and I thought, well, that must be Terrell Owens' girlfriend, right? Um, And he's like six foot four, built like a 
like a god former NFL player. I'm like, oh, okay, that's his girlfriend. But I didn't really see them making out or holding hands or whatever. They were just talking. So I watched a little bit closer and I didn't see them doing anything. So I said, you know what, bugger it. I'm just going to go and talk to her and see what happens. Three, two, one, go. And I walked over there and I introduced myself to her. Her name was Danielle. And then she introduced me to Terrell Owens and I got talking to Terrell Owens and I realized that they were just platonic friends. They weren't dating. I ended up getting that girl's number and then a week later uh, I went down to where she lived in Manhattan Beach, California and I took her out and I ended up dating that woman for three months. I pushed through the fear. I almost talked myself out of it but I said, bugger it, I'm going to do it anyway, even with Terrell Owens looming, looming over me. And in the end, the story that I initially thought wasn't true and I ended up dating her for three months. So that was when I went, you know what, don't believe the story that you're telling yourself, just go and take action. I'll tell you when it didn't work for me, um, Trip. Only about uh, a week ago, actually, I went to a screening of a movie called Focus, which has got Will Smith and the Australian actress Margot Robbie. And it was an Australians in film event where 100 Los Angeles-based Australians in the film industry get invited to a private screening. Margot Robbie this is this beautiful actress. She was in the movie The Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio. You might remember the scene where she comes out, seduces Leonardo DiCaprio, and she's topless and naked. And Anyway, she's huge right now. She's blowing up like Sharon Stone did in Hollywood back in the early 90s. She did a Q&A after the screening, and then after that, there were some drinks and food and nibblies for the 100 people there, and Margot Robbie was circling around talking to people. All I had to do was go up to her and say, hey, Margot, my name's James. Hey, you're from the Gold Coast. I'm from Brisbane. We live near the same place back in Australia. Congratulations on the film and strike up a conversation with her. But you know what? I talked myself out of it. I don't know why. I was like, oh, I can't go and talk to her. She's a big movie star actress. Um, I'm just going to stand here and do nothing. This is despite the fact that I, I've interviewed Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Al Gore, John Bon Jovi, all of these people. I should have no fear. But the fact that this 24-year-old beautiful woman who was naked in the Wolf of Wall Street um, was standing there, I talked myself out of it. I was like, wow, what if um, what if uh, she thinks I'm a creep because I'm almost 40 and I'm trying to hit on her? Uh, what if she doesn't want to talk to me because she's already talked to 99 other people? Uh, what if I – and I didn't do it. I didn't take action trip. And I couldn't believe it given that I teach this stuff and given that 99 out, times out of 100 – I take action and I feel the fear and I do it anyway. But for whatever reason, last week, the fear overcame me and I didn't take action. And right now, I regret it because who knows what could have happened. I could have struck up a conversation. We could have been friends. We could have been lovers. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? We could have been business partners. We could have like anything could have happened. And now I'll never know. I'll probably never know. And I have that regret. So to the guy listening right now, don't talk yourself out of it. Just go three, two, one, bang, take action. You never know what's going to happen. Right. And you know, as I'm listening to this and as I heard your, your Terrell Owens story with that one girl that you dated, it's like you're constantly thinking about what's going to happen, you know, like what bad is going to happen. Like I go over there and I'm going to be embarrassed or I'll be rejected or they're going to look at me funny or you know, whatever it's going to be. You think of all these bad things. And what most people don't really think about is what could happen if I go over there? What good could happen, right? They don't think about the what ifs on the on the good scale. Like you just said, like, okay, Margot Robbie, she could have been your business partner, could have been your lover, right? It could have been a, a just a great connection to have to connect you to other people. 
Most people are always thinking about the negative first and they're not thinking about the what is. It's like you should psych yourself out by thinking like, holy crap, if I don't go over there and talk to her, I might miss out on all these great things. It's like you got to put yourself in that mindset to push yourself to go over and talk. And I bet you, James, the next time that you see a celebrity like Margot Robbie, you're never going to do that again. No, I'm never going to do it again. In fact, I actually did a whole episode on my podcast, The James Swanick Show, and I called it The Margot Robbie Incident, where I actually admitted it, uh, you know, told the story in more detail to my listeners. Um, And I'm using it, I'm harnessing that pain and that regret to ensure that I never go through the similar situation again. So even though I, I froze and I was deer in the headlights and I did not take action, I'm constantly looking for the positive. And the positive is, is that I'm going to call it the Margot Robbie incident. And every time in the future, when I'm in that situation where I'm nervous or talking myself out of it, I'm going to remind myself of the Margot Robbie incident as a catalyst, as a motivator for me to take action. Again, stop focusing on what could go wrong or all the negatives. Just focus on the positives or don't even focus on the positives. Just count from three, two, one and go. Because if you're there, you know, weighing up positives versus negatives, then that's already past three seconds, right? So don't even think. Get out of your head and just go. I love it. Just go. Exactly. Awesome, James. James, this has been a great conversation. I feel like there's been a lot of takeaways here. And if you're listening right now, I want you to think about what are some of your Margot Robbie incidents? Because I'm sure you have them. I know I have them. We all have them. And I think the goal here is to only have the Margot Robbie incident. Let's not create other incidents here. Let's just have that one that we can always refer to so we know to never have that again. So James, thank you for sharing. Thanks for being really honest and giving us some of these great tips. Again, if you guys want to you know, find James, hear more of his great advice and his great stories, check out the James Swanwick Show. That is on iTunes. Are you on Stitcher as well? Yep, I'm on Stitcher as well, yeah. Cool, he's on Stitcher as well, so go check that out. Again, he's got an amazing podcast, a lot of a lot of episodes. How long have you been doing it for? Like over a year, right? Yeah, it's a year. It's been about a year. I've got about 130 episodes. Um, yeah, i got a website, jameswanick.com, and a YouTube channel, which is James Swanick as well, and uh, you can find me there. I'm going to put all this information where to find James in the description in the episode, so go ahead and check that out. James, thanks again for being here. Thanks for having me, Trip. Appreciate it. Awesome. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com.